section fifty part two chapter five continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain don marcelo passed the rest of the night tormented with the cold the only thing which worried him just then he had abandoned all hope of life even the images of his family seemed blotted from his memory he worked in the dark in order to make himself more comfortable on the chests burrowing down into the straw for the sake of its heat when the morning breeze began to sift in through the little window he fell slowly into a heavy overpowering sleep like that of criminals condemned to death or duelists before the fatal morning he thought he heard shouts in german the galloping of horses a distant sound of tattoo and whistle such as the battalions of the invaders made with their fifes and drums then he lost all consciousness of his surroundings on opening his eyes again a ray of sunlight slipping through the window was tracing a little golden square on the wall giving a regal splendor to the hanging cobwebs someone was removing the barricade before the door a woman's voice timid and distressed was calling repeatedly master are you here he sprang up quickly wishing to aid the worker outside and pushing vigorously he thought that the invaders must have left in no other way could he imagine the warden's wife daring to try to get him out of his cell yes they have gone she said nobody is left in the castle as soon as he was able to get out don marcelo looked inquiringly at the woman with her bloodshot eyes dishevelled hair and sorrow-drawn face the night had weighed her down pitilessly with the pressure of many years all the energy with which she had been working to free desnoyers disappeared on seeing him again oh master master she moaned convulsively and she flung herself into his arms bursting into tears don marcelo did not need to ask anything further he dreaded to know the truth nevertheless he asked after her husband now that he was awake and free he cherished the fleeting hope that what he had gone through the night before was but another of his nightmares perhaps the poor man was still living they killed him monsieur that man who seemed so good murdered him and i don't know where his body is nobody will tell me she had a suspicion that the corpse was in the fosse the green and tranquil waters had closed mysteriously over this victim of the night desnoyers suspected that another sorrow was troubling the mother still more but he kept modestly silent it was she who finally spoke between outbursts of grief georgette was now in the lodge horror-stricken and shuddering she had fled there when the invaders had left the castle they had kept her in their power until the last minute oh master don't look at her she is trembling and sobbing at the thought that you may speak with her about what she has gone through she is almost out of her mind she longs to die i my little girl and is there no one who will punish these monsters they had come up from the cellars and crossed the bridge 
the woman looking fixedly into the silent waters the dead body of a swan was floating upon them before their departure while their horses were being saddled two officers had amused themselves by chasing with revolver shots the birds swimming in the moat the aquatic plants were spotted with blood among the leaves were floating some tufts of limp white plumage like a bit of washing escaped from the hands of a laundress don marcelo and the woman exchanged a compassionate glance and then looked pityingly at each other as the sunlight brought out more strongly their aging wan appearance the passing of these people had destroyed everything there was no food left in the castle except some crusts of dry bread forgotten in the kitchen and we have to live monsieur exclaimed the woman with reviving energy as she thought of her daughter's need we have to live if only to see how god punishes them the old man shrugged his shoulders in despair god but the woman was right they had to live with the famished audacity of his early youth when he was travelling over boundless tracts of land driving his herds of cattle he now rushed outside the park hunting for some form of sustenance he saw the valley fair and green basking in the sun the groups of trees the plots of yellowish soil with the hard spikes of stubble the hedges in which the birds were singing all the summer splendor of a countryside developed and cultivated during fifteen centuries by dozens and dozens of generations and yet here he was alone at the mercy of chance likely to perish with hunger more alone than when he was crossing the towering heights of the andes those irregular slopes of rocks and snow wrapped in endless silence only broken from time to time by the flapping of the condor's wings nobody his gaze could not distinguish a single movable point everything fixed motionless crystallized as though contracted with fear before the peals of thunder which were still rumbling around the horizon he went on toward the village a mass of black walls with a few houses still intact and a roofless bell-tower with its cross twisted by fire nobody in the streets sown with bottles charred chunks of wood and soot-covered rubbish the dead bodies had disappeared but a nauseating smell of decomposing and burned flesh assailed his nostrils he saw a mound of earth where the shooting had taken place and from it were protruding two feet and a hand at his approach several black forms flew up into the air from a trench so shallow that the bodies within were exposed to view a whirring of stiff wings beat the air above him flying off with the croakings of wrath he explored every nook and corner even approaching the place where the troopers had erected their barricade the carts were still by the roadside he then retraced his steps calling out before the least injured houses and putting his head through the doors and windows that were unobstructed or but half consumed was nobody left in villeblanche he descried among the ruins something advancing on all fours a species of reptile that stopped its crawling with movements of hesitation and fear 
ready to retreat or slip into its hole under the ruins suddenly the creature stopped and stood up it was a man an old man other human larvae were coming forth conjured by his shouts poor beings who hours ago had given up the standing position which would have attracted the bullets of the enemy and had been enviously imitating the lower organisms squirming through the dirt as fast as they could scurry into the bosom of the earth they were mostly women and children all filthy and black with snarled hair the fierceness of animal appetite in their eyes the faintness of the weak animal in their hanging jaws they were all living hidden in the ruins of their homes fear had made them temporarily forget their hunger but finding that the enemy had gone they were suddenly assailed by all necessitous demands intensified by hours of anguish desnoyers felt as though he were surrounded by a tribe of brutalized and famished indians like those he had often seen in his adventurous voyages he had brought with him from paris a quantity of gold pieces and he pulled out a coin which glittered in the sun bread was needed everything eatable was needed he would pay without haggling the flash of gold aroused looks of enthusiasm and greediness but this impression was short-lived all eyes contemplating the yellow discs with indifference don marcelo was himself convinced that the miraculous charm had lost its power they all chanted a chorus of sorrow and horrors with slow and plaintive voice as though they stood weeping before a bier monsieur they have killed my husband monsieur my sons two of them are missing monsieur they have taken all the men prisoners they say it is to work the land in germany monsieur bread my little ones are dying of hunger one woman was lamenting something worse than death my girl my poor girl her look of hatred and wild desperation revealed the secret tragedy her outcries and tears recalled that other mother who was sobbing in the same way up at the castle in the depths of some cave was lying the victim half dead with fatigue shaken with a wild delirium in which she still saw the succession of brutal faces inflamed with simian passion the miserable group forming themselves into a circle around him stretched out their hands beseechingly toward the man whom they knew to be so very rich the women showed him the death pallor on the faces of their scarcely breathing babies their eyes glazed with starvation bread bread they implored as though he could work a miracle he gave to one mother the gold piece that he had in his hand and distributed more to the others they took them without looking at them and continued their lament bread bread and he had gone to the village to make the same supplication he fled recognizing the uselessness of his efforts end of section fifty